Why Do We Sound So Good? Because we're at Dead Aunt Thelma's studio and Mike Moore is engineering for us. Thanks, Dead Aunt Thelma's. Thanks, Mike. Hi, it's Susanna Mars and Adventures in Artslandia. Are you stuck on a holiday gift for someone? How about a see-all-you-can-fit-in festival pass for the Fertile Ground Festival of New Works? It's the 10th anniversary of the festival this year, January 24th through February 3rd, 2019. You can spend time together at over 75 events for only 50 bucks. Theater, dance, circus, music, animation, and every possible combination at 39 venues across Portland for 11 days. You can spend treasured time together with the gift that keeps giving. Find out more at FertileGroundPDX.org. And now, an archived adventure in Artslandia about the beauty of Fertile Ground. Hi, everybody. I'm Susanna Mars. Welcome to Adventures in Artslandia. I have a group of people who are all important parts of the Fertile Ground Festival, which is an incredible festival that happens here in Portland, Oregon. And Nicole Lane is now the artistic director of Fertile Ground. And why don't you describe a little bit about the festival? Well, the Fertile Ground Festival of New Work Mm -hmm. is a fantastic opportunity for Portland and for Portland artists Mm -hmm. to put out uh, new creative work in our community. Uh, This is uh, our uh, our next year. Next January will be our 10th anniversary season. And um, I actually am not exactly, I'm not the artistic director. Mm. I am the festival director. Right. And the distinction, the reason I want to point out that distinction Mm -hmm. is really Portland artists are the artistic directors. Right. That's a great point. Of this festival. This is my ninth year doing this. it was founded by Trisha Mead. It was founded which by I Trisha think is Mead. Great to bring up. Uh, in yeah, the first festival was in uh, was in two thousand nine, mm-hmm. um, and it is a program of the Portland Area Theater Alliance. It always has been, mm-hmm. and they are really doing an amazing job helping um, this uh, the organization of Fertile Ground uh, become not just one person doing it, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like I said, I am not the artistic director. Portland is the artistic director. Mm-hmm. The thing about Fertile Ground is there's only two parameters. Mm-hmm. The work has to be new work, and it has to be Portland-generated. Mm-hmm. Portland-generated artists. So those artists are who are uh, curating and are artistic directing what the uh, festival ends up being. Mm-hmm. Residents of this area. They are residents of this area. Mm-hmm. And everybody in this room, or everyone here as guests, um, have contributed mm-hmm. over the past nine years. Right. I know, Jessica, when I spoke to Tricia about Fertile Ground, you were one of the people that she mentioned right <laughs> off that was a part of the very beginning. Yeah. And part of deciding what it was going to be. How did you guys talk about that? Oh, would you introduce yourself sure. so everyone knows sure. who you are? I'm Jessica Wallenfels. I'm a director choreographer, and I'm also artistic director of Many Hats Collaboration, which is my own theater company. Yeah, so 10 years ago, I was lucky to be on the PADA board. As Nicole was mentioning, the Portland Area Theater Alliance began to have conversations, and I got to be a part of those conversations about, we need a festival, Portland needs a festival. Should it be a fringe festival? Mm -hmm. We're all kind of familiar with that model. And I remember questions about, should it be juried or unjuried coming up? Um, And I remember the prevailing feeling being, we want it to be very inclusive. You know, we want it to... Um, serve our community and be powered by our community. Um, so I'm delighted that out of that fringish 
uh, concept came um, an emphasis on new work because that happens to work for me because mm-hmm. I love creating new work. Um, so yeah, then I, I've been a three-time fertile ground producer at all different levels with all different kinds of projects. My first project was very small to woman, to woman piece with a third character actor. Um, my second piece was a co-pro with Coho Productions and then my third piece was just a reading in the ART lobby, kind of auxiliary programming that was free. That's so exciting because you can get into the system at any level in terms of where you are in your own personal development of a piece. Totally. It's very exciting. And for small independent producers, it affords you an audience that you would have a really hard time accessing mm-hmm. otherwise mm-hmm. because you're not taking out big advertisements and you don't have subscribers. So if you're like me and you produce one or two pieces a year, maybe, um, how do you get to the people, right? You don't necessarily have your base mobilized at all times, but you really need an audience. And Fertile Ground is a massive machine in terms of getting people to your show. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a high level of trust, too, which I love. I was talking about that with someone earlier about developing these relationships with community, and they trust Fertile Ground is going to show you excellent work. Yeah. And as a producer, it's also kind of um, a crash course in marketing and PR for your company and for your show. Not only do you get all of the smarts from Nicole and the rest of the organization, you get, um, Nicole teaches you to fish as a producer of Mm. how do I create relationships with the media? Um, How do I create relationships with my audience? How Mm. do I cultivate my mailing list after this show? Mm. So you're you're getting tools that you can take away to then grow your next production and your next season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, really, I mean, people come in at all different levels of understanding producing Mm -hmm. and it could be that they don't have connections to a light designer or a graphic designer, or it could be that they've never done uh, media relations before um, or run a box office before. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, that that we do is we provide workshops and just access to uh, somebody who knows so they can ask questions. Right. And I am one of the resources, but there's the committee who's also a resource, and mm-hmm. the Portland Area Theater Alliance is also a resource. Mm-hmm. And in fact, this past year, they started a new mentorship program, and uh, producers could apply to just get a little higher level of hands-on. Mm. And uh, they partnered with uh, Limestorm Playwrights to kind of help with some of those um, aspects. Mm-hmm. And we've had some really good feedback about that, so mm. I think that's going to continue. But people come in all different levels, and they may they may have a mailing list, but a lot of the newer producers don't even have a mailing list. Um, so so we um, try to establish some best practices, mm-hmm. and because we have timelines, we we enforce timelines. Mm-hmm. This is great. So you know, the, the, there's some premeditated thought to to how the order of business. So Roy and Robert, how did you become associated with Fertile Ground and introduce yourself and then? So I'm, I'm Roy Antonio Arauz. I am the producing creative director at Milagro. And my, my, our involvement has been that Milagro uh, has, a, every, every year Milagro creates a brand new work mm-hmm. that tours nationally. And it's usually a work aimed at high school and college students. And the, we launched the tour from our main stage 
at the beginning of the year, and it coincides with Fertile Ground. So the last two or three years, I believe, uh, we have been part of Fertile Ground. Our second weekend of that production has been part of the Fertile Ground Festival. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so that's how I've been involved with Fertile Ground. Wow. Is it, how has it felt to have that connection in that way? Oh, it, it, the organization it, itself and with other artists who are participating. I, I, uh, I am blown away by, by, the, by the program. I think it's, you know, before I just moved to Portland, I've only been here for a year and a half, mm-hmm. almost two years. And just seeing that there's such a well-established program that just, you know, I had lots of meetings, you know, outside of Milagro, just as an, you know, as an artist, as a director myself, uh, potential doing other shows or seeing what other people are doing, attending other readings. And it just blows my mind the amount of work that happens during that period. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing, you know, it is great to have Milagro be a part of that and having, you know, as a... As a Latino-specific theater company, it is great to have, you know, we, we open our doors to a lot of other people that, you know, might have the misconception that, oh, it's just for Latinos. Like, no, it's, you know, it's just good theater. It just happens to be written by Latinos. Mm-hmm. And having them come to our space and then be like what we do and then having us go to other spaces. You know, I try as much as I can to go see other, other works uh, at other places and seeing what was happening at ART, that they have that reading series. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just it's so much energy. In, in a way, I'm always thinking, you know, that should be, that that is like what happens, you know, clearly identified the festival. And I, I love hearing the story, how it came about and, you know, kind of, because I've always wondered why isn't there a fringe festival in Portland? Uh, because it seems like the perfect city for a fringe festival. Mm-hmm. But hearing, you know, hearing your stories, like, oh, I think this is even better. Like having, it, it's so interesting because I asked Trisha about the beginning and she was saying that she really gravitated toward a fringe festival but then she realized that most fringe festivals were not really supporting the artists mm-hmm. and uh and that's a really I didn't realize that I always assumed of course it's an art festival of course it supports them but then someone was telling me about going to Edinburgh for instance and you know there are certain packages that they offer certain pre- people but then you have to maybe hand out flyers on the street and you're thinking well wait whoa 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 what now what what am I? And, and, and they're interesting because I don't think what I love about Fertile Ground is that it's, it's community focused. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, I mean, I would love to find out, you know, if people are coming from out of town to, to mm. maybe mine and see what is being created. Mm-hmm. I love hearing a lot of, you know, somebody, I can't remember, I'm terrible at things. Somebody I met recently who their company, they basically, they test their show at Fertile Ground and then mm. they produce it about a year later. Mm. And, and it's like, oh, it's serving that purpose as a reading. You know, I, we do a lot of new work at Milagro that's sort of, you know, one of our focuses to mm. develop a new work and having that opportunity to present your work in front of an audience. If you have a little bit of a budget, then maybe being able to do a staged reading that, you know, how that helps a playwright oh, yeah. get the play to that next place. Mm-hmm. You know, just be, it's definitely fertile ground, you know, and I just would love for it to have the attention of, you know, people coming here. I would love to hear down the road people coming just to see what they can pick, what is being created in Portland and having that go wider. I mean, it just, it really has the potential. Robert, can you introduce yourself as well? Sure. I'm Robert Keatrine. I'm the artistic director and resident choreographer for Polaris Dance Theater. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I thought the same thing. when I, The first year that um, the Fertile Ground was launched, I went to go see some readings. I was like, this, I thought immediately, um, Fringe Festival. Mm. And so I went uh, to Nicole and I was like... <laughs> Why is there only theater? I mean, like, there should be dance in here. And da, da, da. And so I said, well, can we be the dance hub? I mean, you know, we'll use our, our stage. And, um, and I, I thought it'd be, as an, um, a choreographer, I remember when I was young, just trying to figure out how do I produce things? Where do I produce them? That the, and and the, the mechanics of marketing and a lot of that, 
is is really important, um, and it helps the emerging choreographer or even the established choreographer who doesn't have a company or has an idea to just get something out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we've been doing this for eight years. I think the second year Plaris has been um, doing this, and we've done that. And um, it's unadjudicated. Um, we send out a um, ton of emails and stuff that invite dancers and, and choreographers, and some of them are... Um, like brand new, they've never choreographed anything before, they're fresh out of college or something, and other companies are established choreographers, and it's really kind of great, um, you know, you kind of touched on this a little bit, where we're so busy with our own little nut, you know, trying to open it and work on it, mm-hmm. that sometimes, you know, we realize that, oh, look at all the other nuts out there. Um, <laughs> and nuts, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so it really kept, for me, uh, it allows me an opportunity because um, I'm, you know, besides being passionate about dance and creating dance, um, how do other people work? How do other people um, convey and create and the, their process? And, and it, it kind of allows me to see other people's thoughts and processes. And I, I, as much as I'd love to, I don't get out enough. And this allows you to go out and sample a lot of stuff. And, oh. and as, a, as a creator, you have ideas in your head and you're like going, oh, I want to try this. I, wanna, I wonder if that would work. That'd be really cool. And you're working it out in your head and then you go somewhere and someone tries it and you're like going, oh my God, I'm so glad I didn't try that. <laughs> that does not work at all. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. So you know, but, you, but at the same time, you're like, wow, that was so cool. Right. Never thought of that. Well, wow. you bring to the fore such a great part of the artistic process, which is trial and error. And uh, what an incredible opportunity to continue to recognize the idea of not, I I don't like the idea of a failure because I don't necessarily believe in failure. I think that's a word that we put on our human selves to put some fear into ourselves. It's just what works, problems, solving problems. And we were talking before about how artists are just incredible problem solvers. And I just love that about our profession and how you can go into any artistic community and see how they communicate. And I was saying, you know, Jessica and I right now are working at Portland Playhouse and we join up when we come into rehearsal and we do a check-in, you know, who does that in the world? You know, who says, how are you? And what do you need to bring yourself more fully to the process of solving problems today? These are our problems, you know? It's it's pretty basic, awesome stuff. I, there's so much to be learned from our community. It is mm-hmm. interesting to think of Fertile Ground as a check-in. Mm-hmm. And I think that it does oh. kind of function in that way. Because um, mm-hmm. like you said, we can look up once a year and see what the other folks are doing. Mm. Who's new, yeah. you know, in town and trying something different. Mm. A couple of years ago, I wrote an article for American Theater, which was just kind of a roundup of things that happened at Fertile Ground that year. Mm. And there was a show that I saw at Steep and Thorny Way to Heaven. And it was just this marvelous wonderful crazy quilt of performance techniques of uh of singing and acting and visual and it it was like I'm so happy you're doing that I don't need to do it but I'm so glad that someone is out there doing that and letting their freak flag fly Mm -hmm. and that Fertile Ground is a wonderful celebration of that like whatever your thing is and your crazy experiment that might fail or that might speak to a group of people that haven't 
you know, an audience sector, section that hasn't been spoken to mm-hmm. and say, thank you for bringing that to me. Mm. Um, and it's a wonderful place for experimentation. Mm. The other th- really cool thing I think that uh, Fertile Ground provides is really um, crossing audiences. Mm-hmm. There's people who love theater and that's all they go see or they love dance or they love this dance company. They support that. But um, it's a sampling where you really get an opportunity to go and like like at our place, every night there's three different companies and we have an average between eight and 12 choreographers showing works within that, that uh, time period. And so every night you're seeing three different groups and it might be the group that you came to see, but you're seeing two other groups or, or creations you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And it's just a way to kind of see what else is going. I know that we get people who've never seen dance before. They, they see this, they see that, but they've got to pass or they read mm-hmm. about it in the... Um, um, uh, some of the advertisements, and they're like, so I just thought I'd come and check this out. I'm like, well, welcome. Um, it, it, I think it's really important that um, they get the taste, but they also get to see the process because mm-hmm. um, you're right, I'm, I, don't, I don't look at failure either. I look at it as a journey. We're all on a journey, whether we're just starting the journey or you've been doing this journey for 30 or 40 years. It's a continuous trek and getting muddy and taking a shower and falling down and getting back up. It's, mm-hmm. it's not failing it's just moving forward mm-hmm. and we're all at different levels in, in this journey you know uh, beginning and and um and it never ends you know mm-hmm. until you're until you're done until you're dead until you're dead yeah, <laughs> it's it's not done. over till it's over and yeah think, it's, it's funny because when you say uh you know about just keeping going and 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 just moving forward in the, a process so it's magnificent. And I dare say that there, I think, I think, at least personally, that there's a certain uh, fusion, I don't know, like energy that happens. You know, it's one thing to be working on a play and we're working on a play and we're developing a play and you might be working on it. But once you have all these people doing the same thing for mm-hmm. about a two-week period where everybody, there is this, to me, it seems like this, the creativity levels just go through the roof mm. and everybody sort of feeds. We might not be in the same room. We might not be in the same side of the river, but at the same time, we're just, you know, you're seeing your post on Facebook and you're getting the emails and you're wanting to go see it. And, you know, the communications and, and it just starts creating this this momentum mm. on everybody, I think. It's like, everybody, being, it's like being in college because, you know, when you're in college, mm. you know, you're there and there's there's um, um, architects and there's journalists and there's actors and there's musicians and we're all eating at the same place and there's tons of stuff going on all the time. Mm-hmm. So even though that's not your thing, you're, you're, it, you're seeing it mm-hmm. um, and um, you'll be a part of it. And then you leave college and now you go into your box mm. and you're like kind of in this little sandbox and and uh, i think the great thing that fertile ground is like it's kind of like you're you're right all these energies come back together and all this influence and this a creative juice that that you wallowed in when you were younger and then got forced into the world Mm -hmm. um yeah it's good to bring up also the pass which i think is so cool because you can see if you buy a pass you can see as much as you want as much as you can really fit in and that's that's i was i'm listening to you you all all four are artists. I mean, we're all artists, mm-hmm. but but you four actually, uh, you 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 your work is uh, as an artist, mm-hmm. and um and and so your perspectives here are all based on this really um, sense of all of this artists, you artists coming together and recognizing, you know, that fertile ground allows artists to develop and create new work, and that is one of the legs. Of fertile ground, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting new work out there is another leg, but the third leg that we've been kind of skirting around is really it's the audience mm-hmm. is actually um, developing and 
teaching sounds um, uh, didactic, didactic, yeah. but, but 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 it's actually exposing audiences mm-hmm. to this the what we love, you mm-hmm. know, all of this energy and mm-hmm. all of these. Uh, the, trying new things. These ideas. And these ideas, artistic ideas uh, of all sorts. I mean, whether it's dance or theater or... Performance art. Or performance art mm-hmm. or animation or clown or... I mean, there are... There's a lot of... There are fewer of the... Uh, of, of the more outside the box than there are that are a little bit more typical mm-hmm. um, to see typically during Fall Ground, but you never know. Mm-hmm. You never know until we announce beginning of December what's in the festival. Right. <laughs> I, you know, I was talking <laughs> to Brian Weaver the other day about this, and he brought up a, such an interesting point about the prior experience of elitism among the arts and what that means, how we create sometimes a barrier mm. uh, for people who aren't you know, currently attending arts events. And he said part of the problem is a, is a lexicon problem, which is, in, is it's about creative expression. And that when you talk to people about fertile ground is allowing people to explore freedom cre- of creative expression, mm-hmm. that that speaks to people, you know, when you're saying, you're going to go see dance. This is dance. Like, okay, we all know what dance is. We are doing it in our kitchen, you know, when we're making dinner usually. You know, when we elevate some of the ways that we elevate this art, this is all, anybody can do this, you know. And like you say, it's a life journey. Anybody can 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 express themselves through the art of creative expression. And likewise, those audiences can express Mm -hmm. themselves Mm -hmm. with making choices. Right. And they're able to make a choice. Yeah, the $50 festival pass is quite a deal. Whatever you can fit in. I mean, I I think I I, I usually do mid. Or between twenty and twenty-five every year. I've never seen anyone at more events than you. Well, no, never. No, you know, Kaelson. I just um, look over, look over my shoulder, Kaelson. and there's Nicole and Kaelson. Yes, you're right, you're right. Yeah. No, but 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 it really it, it helps. I mean, for an audience, if all they only do is go to the one dance company or the one theater company mm-hmm. or the Broadway shows, they don't. Un, they only they only know just a teeny tiny bit of 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 what art is right. and and the process it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. Or even what we have in our own community. I'm right. just speaking from a dance. You know, Plarst does another festival in summer called uh, a Galaxy Festival. It's at Director's Park. And we send out 160, more than 160 invitations mm-hmm. to dance makers and dance groups. And when you think about that, I, I, I ask everyone, name 10 dance companies. And, and people... They, they, most of them can't, even in my peers. Mm. And I'm like, oh my God, there's this group, there's this group. And not just mm. those groups, mm. but, you know, American Indian, East Indian, Hispanic, uh, the uh, Chinese, Japanese, Highland. There's so many, there's so much dance. Mm. I remember when I, I moved here in the, in the early 80s, um, um, the theater companies that were here. And I was like, wow, this is a dinky town and they have all this theater. People don't understand how many, how, how that has exploded mm-hmm. and bands and music. I mean, they... 
they are really unaware of the treasure trove they live among. Mm-hmm. And I think this, this program, um, Fertile Ground, is just kind of chipping away at some of the facets of this huge iceberg that is Portland mm-hmm. and the art scene in Portland. Mm-hmm. It really is. I love that old Bud Clark poster, Expose Yourself to Art, and he's got the trench coat. And oh my gosh, it's a yeah, great yeah. picture and it's old. I don't know, people don't show it anymore, I guess. But yeah, maybe. Uh. <laughs> anyway, I just... I'm so fascinated by, I've been a performing artist since I was 10 years old. I was told, I think at a young age, that this is a career for special people, for people who learn how to do a special thing. And and the fact is, it's ego sometimes gets in the way of the reality that, yeah, you know, I've been learning how to be a performing artist for most of my life, probably all when I was raised by two performing artists. But by the same token, it's for everybody. I remember seeing a Shakespeare in the park. It was para todos. And I thought, it's right. It's for everybody. It, I, I am. I've been doing this a long time, but you can do it too. You yeah. know, it's not, it's not up here. It's down here on the ground. And I don't know why. Uh, I'm from Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And in Costa Rica, for some reason, you know, I, I guess I can't speak for anywhere else, but just there is so much more accessibility to the arts for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I do feel the, there's this elitism, elitism, mm-hmm. sorry, mm-hmm. in this here that, you know, and this, you know, we've been working at Milagro with the Metropolitan Group. They have a program right, right, and, and right. on branding and words that you mm-hmm. use and mm-hmm. how arts and culture is automatically is, is perceived as elitist mm-hmm. and people sort of reject that. And thinking of like Costa Rica, when you go back home, the national the-, the national theater company we have a national theater company that is paid by the government mm. and they every production that they do under main stage you know and they have this big beautiful main stage but then they tour that and it goes to to like the, the smallest little town and the gymnasium of their high school and mm-hmm. uh, and so what, you have this feeling about art and mm-hmm. and, and so at once you know it doesn't happen on a regular basis but it happens once every once a year every other year we have an international arts festival. Mm. And I was there. I just happened to be in Costa Rica last year visiting family when it was happening. Mm. And you have the parks, they have they have free performances, they have pay a little bit and they have pay a lot performances. And mm-hmm. you know, for some shows you pay and you go and sit at the National Theater and you mm-hmm. see this brilliant show. And some performances are happening in the middle of a park in the center and and it's just this week and a half and everything is so crowded mm. and everybody is talking. Are you going to FIA? Are you going to FIA? Are you going to FIA? Mm-hmm. What are you going to go see? I'm going to go see this band. I'm going to go see this group. I'm going to go see this. And, 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 it just, and it's not just theater. It's theater and it's art and it's handcrafts. And there is this whole section in one of the parks where they had all the native tribes come in and they're, they're just displaying and showing their art for sale. Mm-hmm. And, and it just it, is this force that it just it creates this massive momentum of, mm-hmm. of art that everybody is exposed to it's so inspiring and and and, and, it, and it just like i would love to see that here that mm-hmm. that it, it, it becomes a thing that you know yeah i'm in a world where we talk about it all the time but i have mm-hmm. friends who have no idea things are happening right whereas back home like when, when fia is happening everybody knows fia is happening right. like every single person knows it's happening i want to encourage two people who are listening who may not get to uh, events as much as they might like to. Don't hesitate to contact the organizations where you, if you are feeling like you can't afford it. There are so many companies, I'd say probably all in our city that offer opportunities for people to go. Even if you call up and say, I really want to see this show. When's there a seat available? And I have 
$8 or $10. I mean, I really am a believer. Ask if you want to see stuff, you know. I, think uh, I was just going to say, I, was, I agree um, um, with what he was saying that um, I think one of the key components of what it is to be human is that creative element. And that's within all of us. Mm-hmm. And somehow our culture, society has slowly driven it out. And just from the, the from a dance standpoint, you know, I've, I've said this before that um What's sad is that we live in a culture, culture now that people say, oh, I've got two left feet. I have no rhythm. I can't dance. Mm-hmm. And like, that's not what movement was ever about. Mm-hmm. You know, a hundred years ago, we all danced together, you know, to make it rain, to make it snow, the passing of loved ones. Everybody in the village danced um, together. It was a form of, of uh, connecting and uh, camaraderie just to move in space. There was a small group within the village that would go off behind the bushes and the rocks and they would practice sacred dances and they would put on costumes and they would perform the sacred dances in front of the village and then the village would join in. But what's missing, and so that's what I look at professional dancers. We're just the the, the little group that goes off in the bushes, practice the sacred dances, put on costumes. But what's missing is that that everybody can dance. Everybody should dance. Everybody can sing. Everybody can write. Everybody should write. Should... um, and, and um, uh, what's amazing about this festival, we've, you know, when people think of a dancer, for an example, they think of this image of they look like this and they have to be like this. And it's like, no, um, they come in a multitude of colors. Mm. They come in a multitude of sizes and their alterability. Um, one of the, the most profound um, uh, choreographers and dancers, one of the dancers in my company, um, she's a quad amputee. Mm-hmm. And one of the um, most amazing choreographers in our community um, are both wheelchair bound, um, um, uh, wobbly dance, and uh, they're doing films. They're doing, and it's like whatever concept you have or what you should look like or sound like or, or speak like. Um, it's it's part of who we are as a species is that creative element, mm-hmm. and I think what we're all doing as artists, especially involved in the Fertile Ground Festival, is that we're really showing the different facets of. What art, not only what art is, but who's making it mm-hmm. and who's, whose voice can be present. Mm-hmm. It's just not because you're this color or because you speak this way or because you look this way, you get to be on this platform. Yeah, I love your analogy of the special people who go in the bushes because that actually is, is the answer to my old story from being a person who's one of the people who goes in the bushes, you know, that you're still a part of the larger group. And that's what's anti-elitist yeah. is knowing that, yes, this is what my life work is. We may have different life work, but y- you are actually the spring from which I draw my inspiration to go and do what I, my chosen profession. Yeah. That's great. Oh, that's so neat. Well, I mean, what we do is also, I mean, we're all, it's a symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's not like, you know, audience members should not just be, you know, I'm, I don't have an answer for this, but I have, you know, my brain keeps on going on, mm-hmm. like, how do we make the audience not passive? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, how do we make the audience be engaged in the show, even if it's subtle things, uh, you know, just bring, you know, just how do, how do we do that? And I think part of the Fertile Ground Festival provides that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a production last year where it was, when we went in, it was sort of an art piece, but at the same time, we we had to participate and we had to put on wigs and we had to like walk around and go to stations. And, and it was just this big event. And I was, we were part of that event. Right. Artists, and, artists are like, um, um, we're like the little velvet hammers because, you know, when people come and see us, um, uh, um, it's not just eye candy. You know, you're touching their intellect, you're touching their emotion. And if with the, just the right amount of velvet hammer, 
you have affected or infected mm. them, and they will never be the same because of that experience. Mm-hmm. And so um, no matter um, whatever level or success you, know, you want to claim to be, um, every experience that we can share as from one human to another human, we are, in effect, affecting change, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to our society or culture or whoever wants the status quo to stay the way it is. Mm-hmm. And, I so agree with that. Well, and mm-hmm. it, coming off of that, it's also a matter of representation. As mm-hmm. an audience member, if, if you, you know, if, if all I go, you know, as a person of color and I go see the show and all I see, but through Fertile Ground and, and I saw it this year, it's like there was a wide variety of people on that stage. And, mm-hmm. and you, you know, if you have, and if, uh, you know, I hate the word stability, but differently abled, alternability, you know, you can see yourself and say, like, oh, I could be on stage. It doesn't matter that, yeah. you know, and, and, and you create the sense of possibility. Right. And, and you see other people yeah. producing things and, and people that haven't traditionally been able to produce things because, oh, it just how are you going to do it through the, through the festival? Mm-hmm. It just opens those doors for so many people to, to at least get 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 started, mm-hmm. have a reading of a play they wrote or be in a play that they never thought they could be in uh, or direct a piece that they've always wanted, you know, whatever it is. And then as an audience, you, you go and you see this mm-hmm. and you're, oh, I could do this because they're doing this. Right. And, it, and it's, that is incredibly subtle that, you know, and I hear this often, and you know, again, with our audience at Milagro, where, you know, recently we did a show and this girl wrote to us and said, you know, it was great to be in a room with people that look like me and speak like me. Mm-hmm. You know, and but that is, it extrapolates into all that we're talking about at Fertile Ground. Like, mm-hmm. it provides this for a much wider group of people. I mean, anybody can go and see themselves, and now art is accessible. Mm-hmm. And and in terms of activating audiences, to your point, Roy, my experience of Fertile Ground audiences is that they're almost breathless with excitement. I oh. don't think that's an overstatement. Oh, um, and I think I think that it's an a, a different experience of consumerism as related um, to the arts economy, because very often, as you're saying, Robert, we're siloed. I like Whitebird and I buy Whitebird and I was thrilled by this performance or I was disappointed by it. But there's this sense of identity that is either confirmed or denied by your purchase, whereas Fertile Ground is sort of an open playing field in terms of like expose me to something. And like mm-hmm. even I think like and like is um like and dislike is dislocated by the fertile ground model. And instead what it's replaced by is people are making things. People in my community are making things. And this experience of um, creative expression that should not be one of privilege, right? But fertile ground is a reminder that there are lots of things happening and lots of experiences that different people are having having in the world. And that reminds me um, by being exposed to so many. It's funny because when I think about creative expression, we were born to it. it since the beginning of time, there has been creative expression. And so these, t- these little titles that we've given it are <laughs> made up. It's pretend. And it's like, oh, right. Well, the creative Foundation did that research mm-hmm. on, on creative, that creative expression is the way to um, speak to new audiences. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I just, I think it's also just curiosity. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the wild excitement, would you say it was? I love that term. Breathless. Love breathless. Was like, yeah, breathless. Uh, but, you know, it, but then earlier we were talking about how artists are, just so excited to be like they're back in college and out of their silo and, and feeding off each other and the whole community is feeding off. But it's almost like this, it's, it's the 
artistic curiosity. It's getting out of doing the thing that you normally do and feeling welcome to go to see a show at Milagro or go to Polaris, who is has become really the center for a lot of dance connections mm-hmm. over the past over the past 16 years. 16 yeah. years, but like really it seems like in the past six or seven years. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just exploded. It's just exploded. I would agree, yeah. And yeah. you're talking about the Galaxy Festival and, and, like, and just that you have contact with that many dance organizations mm. is amazing. What a great... But, you know, then you can say, like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna go to Echo Theater and mm. I'm going to go see some, um, some uh, uh, completely different... Um, uh, the physical experience or the piano the piece uh, one of the pieces was at a piano store oh yeah lots of really uh, alternative venues and and it's much fun to see what's in each area where to eat where to drink it's and it's permission i mean it's uh, there's a lot of permission for artists and audiences Mm -hmm. to even if they don't see themselves Mm -hmm. go to the little coffee shop you know go to the steep and thorny way to heaven which is an adventure in and of itself um, you know, oh, just go. I, I went to uh, a, a theater p- performance that literally only sat seven people. Oh, wow. Way up in, in, in Northeast Portland. Mm. I mean, but there's so much permission. And yes, you could do it, or you can just really go on an adventure. Wow. And like, with well, your curiosity. I don't even know why or how to stop this conversation because it's totally my jam. And I I know it's everyone else's. We're breathless with excitement, basically all talking about this. Yeah. And um, now I have four really funky, I'm calling them the kooky questions, and I'm going to ask them to you now. The first one is, if you could talk to Mother Nature, what would you say? Robert. Mother Nature? Yeah. Um... I need more time. <laughs> I need more time. I, you know, as, as I, I, you know, looking, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 60. Looking back, um, I'm, I'm just starting to figure it out. I really feel like, you know, I've been dancing and choreographing. Well, I've been a professional dancer for 40 years, uh, choreographing for the last, creating work for the last 30. And I feel like I'm just now starting to get it. And so I'm, I'm scratching my head. So like, I hope I don't run out of time, mm. you know. So that when I'm, I'm there and I'm like, oh, I, I think I figured it out. Bonk. <laughs> I would say I'm sorry. I'm mm. sorry for everything that we're doing to you. I'm sorry that we don't respect you. And, mm. you know, that's pretty much it. Like mm. we, just, we, we live in this beautiful green, blue sphere and we have all these things and we just take everything for granted. And mm. we just don't appreciate it enough, appreciate her enough. Mm. Wow, that's I agree completely. Yeah, we're actually a little bit of Robert too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the first word was, they were both feelings. One was fill me, mm-hmm. and the other one was thank you. And so that's 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 what's a wash on me <laughs> with Mother Nature. <laughs> fill me, thank you, <laughs> and Jessica. This <laughs> hard question. I know. This is sort of a Barbara Walters. I think I would say forgive us to mm. Mother Nature and how can we slow down the disaster train? Mm. Mother Nature. Hmm. All right, here's another question. If you could indulge in anything without consequence, what would it be? <laughs> 
and silence ensues. <laughs> What's the rating of this? <laughs> this is, you, you can go anywhere you, you want. You understand you're speaking to artists. Yes. And part of what we do is, is hide indulge in the our curiosity <laughs> continuously. Right. Um, and always be in trouble. Always, uh, um, um, I, I always joke uh, with my, my family, like, I'm I'm going out to piss somebody off today because <laughs> you know I, we don't set out to do that, but just being who we are and and being curious and and indulging that curiosity, mm-hmm. you're you're, you're going to come across someone who doesn't think or feel, or, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think that's totally fine that we're all different. I I would say too, if I was going to in, seriously indulge my curiosity in every moment, you know, in the world, that would be fun to be able to do for a day. <laughs> but I don't know. Don't you? To we, some we, extent, we we do. I think. I mean, I mean, I understand the question. Well, when you're outside, extent, let's yeah. say we go out there right now, and there's Wait, somebody is... walking, and you're thinking, you, you're thinking to ask them something. You, we, we all censor ourselves. Well, we, we do. Yeah. What's interesting is that when when we're, each of us are in our science sandbox, mm-hmm. you know, like in a dance studio, you know, we put on clothes and we do things and behave and touch and partner the way we get into each other's space intimately. Um, But outside, that's a different place. Mm -hmm. If I dress the way I dress inside of my studio when I'm dancing, they're like, you know, there's somebody, you know, not normal. And um, and the same thing with all the parts that actors play, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, those are all elements within us. If you're really being honest in the character that you're portraying as an actor, those are elements within you. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we do squelch them because now we're in this other environment where that to indulge that curiosity and to to just be freely um abandoned oh, and yeah um sounds I, dangerous would probably, i would be in prison I, if, I, <laughs> if i didn't realize that there was a boundary um where that you know i, I just can't take my clothes off right now because these people <laughs> now these people it's okay with right. these people i bump bump no big deal <laughs> these other people they're, they're gonna be really uncomfortable this is gonna be awkward yeah <laughs> anybody else on that one want to indulge in something i i would travel the world and yes. eat eat and drink everything i wanted along the way yeah <laughs> no consequences would mean yeah. you could drink 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 and right. you would never pass out wow. you would have a day and, you, and, and you'd never die you know what? Too. And, like, and, and, and be naked all the time and touch as many people you know, like, you know, like, i mean and eat and drink and, and just like yes if there were no That's consequences it's a buck yeah. and all yeah <laughs> yeah, so, yeah i mean if, if there were no consequences I mean, I would indulge curiosity, and curiosity would be not just in art, mm-hmm. but in getting to know people and mm. getting, you know, traveling Places. and mm. you know, sharing naked time together. Wow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know and just indulge curiosity. I know. I'm like, like, like resonating with that. I mean, and, 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 yeah. it, 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 it's just indulging curiosity in all aspects. Yeah. I mean, because we, we are so like, oh, I can't do this or I can't say this, you know. Mm-hmm. And not that it's a bad thing, but especially like right now, like we, I mean, I'm constantly checking, like, oh, I used to be able to do this. I can't do this anymore, mm-hmm. which is totally fine. And I think it's the right place for us to be. Right. As a, as as a as humans, we need to be at this self checkpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, like we were talking about checking in at the beginning of the show. I think we are just mm-hmm. checking in with each other right now in a massive basis. Right, and in a kind of, but in a deep way. Right. You know, it's it's I I I'm so struggling with where we are because it is seems to promote more censorship in mm-hmm. some ways, mm-hmm. but. I think if we are engaged in a deeper level, if we can give ourselves some time, 
to be with each other. Maybe we are sense or we're we're being sensitive. I, I think we're being sensitive because, like, for me personally, like you know, as a male, as a cis male, like I've always joked that I, if you say to me as a this affects me as a woman, like okay. I have no right to argue with you. <laughs> All I can do is listen. And I don't think that censorship right. more than for me just being able to listen to and you honoring. and say, honoring it. Okay, I, I, I see that and I recognize and I accept that. I, I have no right to argue that. Mm-hmm. But part of that too is, you know, our, I think our society, as artists, we allow this to each other. Um, we give each other permission and we also um, apologize um, in the, in a moment. And I think in our culture, in our society, we don't do that. We don't allow permission. And if you do something, um, we are not quickly, easily to forgive mm. because like that, that you know, these, what these walls that keep being built up and that mm. we, the things we can't do. And, but the, 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 the thing is, is that, um, we, you have to push boundaries to really understand what is the boundary mm-hmm. and did the boundary change from when you were 17 you know, uh, or when you were 10, the boundary changes. Now you're 21 and you're a full-grown adult. We have to test those boundaries. It's so fascinating because the word boundary just is so fascinating to me because I've learned from some interesting sources about our desire to make a boundary a hard place where actually boundaries are porous Mm. and that we're all, by revealing ourselves, we then move. They're constantly changing if we choose to be vulnerable, engage. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea of it being a porous boundary feels like fence wall. It's something, I don't know what it is, but it's, for me, it feels like this and I'm putting my hands through each other for people who are not seeing me right <laughs> it's now. A little squishy. And for me, it's, I, I have to remind myself of that because I do find, you know, we joke about this, but you know, as you get older, for whatever reason, we become more stern and we become, our boundaries become less flexible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not going to say I'm never going to do it, but there are, there are times when I'll be like, I'll say something or I'll do something. It's like, why am I doing that? Like, no, stop it. Mm-hmm. Go back, reassess, redo. <laughs> and I'm trying, I'm working really, you know, fighting. I am fighting that natural impulse to create these solid boundaries and mm-hmm. being open to the fact that, no, these boundaries can move. They change. These, these, they change. can change. They can, you know, what we accept, what we learn, you know, being able to sit and listen and not always have something to say. Yeah. Being able to, you know, just accept you know, that's what you say. Fine. I, I will accept that. I will. And maybe I don't have, I won't have anything to say. <laughs> so on that note, I, I really don't want to stop talking to everybody. It's so much fun. Um, fertile ground is a place where all these things that we're talking about, you can see alive, come alive. And um, so don't miss it coming up uh, in the new year. Thank you, Susanna. Yeah. Thanks yeah. so much really for coming. You're giving all of these voices, the space to talk oh about my what gosh. Fertile Ground means to the Portland community. It's amazing. I think we need to go on a field trip. <laughs> but that's what you do. Yeah. Fertile <laughs> Ground. Right. It's a field trip. You're right. It's a giant field trip. I love it. And you don't need your parent permission. You so probably right. should wear clothes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We have to. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> You're going to want to go next season. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Adventures in Artslandia. Download the Artslandia app on iTunes, where you're going to find a comprehensive arts calendar that's the best in the West. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Artslandia.
Before a chain of 